0: Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to be a person of faith and a culture against faith. So let's talk about the Battle of Armageddon or the War of Armageddon or however you want to talk about it.
1: I don't know. It's some violence, some heaven, some...
0: Some sort of divine war or battle or divine narrative of death.
1: Yeah, something along those lines. Um, the Battle of Armageddon is a famous battle recorded or talked about in the Book of Revelation. Um, and it's essentially it's the idea that good defeats evil. Yeah, is what it is. Um, and so in any conversation about. War and violence, it seems... I would be remiss to not bring this up about how we should interact with war and violence in general. I mean, God's culminating or final culmination begins with massive war and...
0: Well, and see... I was thinking about this the other day, and I was talking about this with some people. Doesn't that actually make sense? That if your protology has to match your eschatology, if your theology of beginning has to match your theology of end, then doesn't it make sense that we are going from perfect peace, no death, to death, to extreme death, back to perfect peace?
1: I mean, it does make sense, except that the institutor of said death is the one who claims to be against
0: death. Right. I'm saying it makes sense in the narrative, but God's role in that is still problematic.
1: Correct. Very much so correct. And so, I'm going to offer a solution. I don't think it's great, and there will be a bunch of people that disagree with me, Uh But I hope there might be a few of you that this reading helps. Um, I don't know, though. Um, So before we can talk about Armageddon, we have to talk about Revelation. Number one, uh, it is a common misconception. It is not Revelations, plural.
0: It is a single revelation. A
1: single revelation given to a single dude, an old Jewish man that happens to have the name John. Probably not the apostle John and revelation means revealing mm-hmm. or apocalypse mm-hmm. means revealing apocalypse is just the Greek word that we translate revelation. This book is actually called the apocalypse. Um, and it just means the revealing revelation one, one tells you what it is revealing. hmm. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is a revelation of Jesus. So, whatever this is, must match a message or the message of Jesus. Yeah. It is his same message. So, this is what this text says. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw.
0: So my role is the voice of the audience, correct? Sure. So... I am having this question currently. This is some dude named John on some island somewhere.
1: Named Patmos.
0: Huh? Named Patmos Mm -hmm. on some island somewhere that apparently God sent an angel to. Mm Mm-hmm. How did this become canonical?
1: How did it become canonical? Because it's written by a guy named John.
0: Even though we're not sure now. Yeah, but that- we didn't
1: figure that out until way later.
0: Yeah. But you see the struggle that I I have in my brain possibly with with that.
1: Nah. <laughs> not really. <laughs> I mean, you, you're welcome to have it. I don't know. It's just
0: a question that I've never thought about until this moment.
1: I got to possibly believe that the Holy Spirit... Uh, God can't be up there going, oh, man, I can't believe they did that one. <laughs> 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 I did not expect them to make that mistake. Like, I got to be bigger than that. Yeah. So... Like, even even when we find new crap out about the Bible, like, I don't think Paul is the author of any of the pastoral epistles. No. Um, do I think that means they need to be kicked out of there? No. No, I think it means that some dude, probably a disciple of Paul, wrote some crap down because Paul was a busy dude and was like, oh, yeah, Paul would sign off on this. Let's go. Yeah, and you know enough. what? It, 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 probably okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, fair enough. It's just, I've never thought about that in terms of revelation before this moment. And so I was like, no, this is a question I need to ask.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Well, Martin Luther wanted it out of the Bible.
0: Oh, I actually didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Martin Luther wanted it out of the Bible. Uh, Lots of people have wanted it out of the Bible, actually. Um, So the first thing you have to know about this is that it's a vision. Sure. Sure. It's a dream. Clayton.
0: It's a fever dream, yo.
1: <laughs> correct. Clayton, when you have dreams, mm-hmm. how often do the truths that are revealed in your dream happen exactly like your dream told you it would happen? Very rarely. Aren't dreams supposed to be interpreted? Yes. Isn't there a journey of gleaning from the dream what yes. the dream was trying to communicate to you? Yes. Okay. Do you see where I'm going here? Yes. The Bible is
0: written for us, not to us. This is a
1: vision. This is imagery. This is poetry. There's a lot of things going on here. The other thing I will say is. John said or. Yeah. Picking back up in verse three. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written. Uh what is written in it for the time is near. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Clayton. Yes. Who's the Bible written to? People. Is it written to us? No. Who was Revelation written to? Uh
0: the seven churches that are in Asia.
1: What time period?
0: Uh, oh, you probably don't know. I don't actually okay. know. About
1: the year in between 90 to 100. Okay. somewhere around there.
0: So, long ass time ago. <laughs> yeah.
1: My suspicion. Long time ago. My, may have been told earlier. Like, yeah. the revelation may have been received earlier than that. But it's probably not written down before, long like, 90 to 100. Long time ago. Long time ago. Then he begins to speak to them. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. uh, Lament. Yeah. So it is to be, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. A very famous verse. Very, very famous verse. Clayton, do you have any comments on this section of text that I have read? I
0: do not. I actually don't. Um, It's because I honestly don't know what to make of it.
1: Well, doesn't it already feel very imaginative?
0: Yeah, it does.
1: Extremely Mm -hmm. imaginative.
0: Like... In my brain, I'm picturing the clouds opening up and God's voice thundering
1: down on the earth. That's how it wants you to think about it. Yeah. This is a big, divine, powerful kind of moment. Um, It's also very imaginative, filled with imagery and visions and lots of things. Verse 9. I, John, your brother who share with you in Jesus the persecution and the kingdom and the patient endurance was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, I saw one like the Son of Man. Clayton, who's the Son of Man? Jesus. Uh, where does well, he come from?
0: Comes from heaven, from oh, God. Oh no, from, no. Where like, does
1: the title "the Son of Man" come from?
0: Oh, walk that out for me.
1: Daniel chapter seven. Okay. Hang on, I'm going to flip over to Daniel chapter 7 so I can read this for you guys because it's important for the point I'm trying to make. Daniel chapter 7. In the first year of King Belshazzar of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head as he lay in bed. Then he wrote down the dream. I, Daniel, saw in my vision by night the four winds of heaven stirring up the great sea, and four, bee- four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Then as I watched, its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a human being, and a human mind was given to it. Another beast appeared, a second one that looked like a bear, It was raised up on one side and had three tusks in its mouth among its teeth and was told, Arise, devour many bodies. After this, as I watched, another appeared like a leopard. The beast had four wings of a bird on its back and four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw in the visions by night a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth and was devouring, breaking in pieces and stamping what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that preceded it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns when another horn appeared, a little one coming up from among them. To make room for it, three of the earlier horns were plucked up by the roots. There were eyes like human eyes in this horn and a mouth speaking arrogantly. As I watched, thrones were set in place, and an ancient one took his throne. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure, pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and flowed out of his presence, flowed out from his presence. A thousand thousand served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood attending to him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. So, not to
0: discredit this text, because it's very important, but all my brain could think is I wonder what he was tripping on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's my point. Yeah. That's my point, is these are very big, bold, imaginative ideas. Yeah. They are prophecy. They are imagery. They are embellished, and we need to read them as such. Yeah. Um, now... I have just, in that statement, I have laid out every card you need to know about the way in which I read this book. Mm -hmm. I don't really think it's all that literal. I really don't think any of it's literal. Um, The only part I really think is literal is that there will be some kind of resurrection of the people and that there will be a new creation. Yeah. But Clayton, and this is the reason I brought this up. The book the book is not written to us. Right. It's written for us. Yes. And it's written to these seven churches. Correct. That means it's written with their imagery in mind. Correct. The vision is the way they would see the world, not the way you would see it.
0: Ooh. Very good point.
1: Your images, your imagery are not the same ways that they would be interpreted by an ancient people.
0: Yeah. Enchanted enchanted society versus a disenchanted society and all that stuff. And also the different cultural things that are taking place at the different churches. And yeah.
1: Even just in the way, I mean, even just in the way in which they interacted with animals and wildlife and nature in yeah. a way that we don't. Mm-hmm. Um. Their image, like all of that, in the same way, I probably would not use the same communicative illustration, spe- excuse me, speaking to you, mm-hmm. excuse me, as I would speaking to somebody that has never lived out of Manhattan. Yeah. They can read that and go, oh my God, I know conceptually, like intellectually, what all those things are, but Mm. I don't know what it means to be experiencing a vision of a beast Yeah, that looks like that. Mm -hmm. Um, We can't so easily overlook that this is not a book that was written to us. Flip part of that is, that's one of the reasons I struggle with it being such a like a pointless book for so far out, is why tell these people? Mm. Why tell the seven churches in Asia?
0: Why not tell the churches that are going to be experiencing these things? Yeah. Why not wait, you know, several thousand, if not tens of thousands of years, and then give this vision to somebody who can have this conversation with the people that are going through it?
1: Or... Yeah, why not just give multiple if this is a far distant off prophecy, mm-hmm. then why not give one message to the seven churches that are in Asia? Why not give a different one to the great to the leaders of the at the Great Schism mm-hmm. in ten fifty four? Why not give another one five hundred years later when Martin Luther's in an uproar? Why not give another one now when we're all kind of like, Oh yeah, I'm kinda over this book. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I'm like, look, I'm kind of over it. Um, I really don't read it that much anymore. I don't, like, it's not a thing that, like... Specifically Revelation. He's talking about the book of Revelation. Oh, yeah, yeah, Not the Bible. I read the yeah. Bible all day. Uh, not all day, but a lot. Um, but, yeah, like, Revelation, I'm, I'm not really interested in participating in conversations with this book anymore. Um, it's played. Um It's a book that was written a long time ago to a specific people that would understand a very specific metaphor or a very specific issue in which they needed to interpret it. Unfortunately, those people knew violence Mm. and those people knew massive violence and they were angry at the time this book was written because if I'm right and if this book was written in 90, then that means less than 20 years ago, Nero... In the Roman Empire, quote-unquote empire, the people that oppress me, the Jew, God's chosen people, yeah, you destroyed my temple, bro. Mm -hmm, mm. You destroyed the only image of God I was allowed to have outside of humanity.
0: Which makes sense, like going back to the Daniel thing and speaking in arrogance, which I think is like Babylonian empire type deal. Uh, language there but um, it is then repeated again and you know like post Jesus with Nero.
1: Correct. Um, and so yeah the Bible does have that real violent imaginative illustration. Yeah. But you know I think it's probably written to a people that were still lamenting.
0: Mm.
1: Probably, I mean think about it this way Clayton. There's not a single other book in the New Testament that presupposes the destruction of the temple. Mm. Yeah. May, uh, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Let me, rephr- let me rephrase what I was trying to say. Most people who read the New Testament do not ever read a book that presupposes the destruction of the temple. Because most of it comes from the Gospels, Acts, or Paul. Okay. Hebrews is possibly written late enough that the temple's already been destroyed. Okay. That's, that's a real possibility. Um, but anyways, yeah, these are a people who lost for a second time. Mm -hmm. The thing that they held so dear. Don't forget that the Babylonians destroyed it first. Ezra and Nehemiah had to go back and rebuild it. They rebuild it and then Nero tears it down?
0: Mm -hmm. This is feeling very Daniel-esque.
1: It should. Yeah. It should. That's my point. Is it's a second telling of the the Daniel situation all over again For the very same reasons Mm. Even down to You realize they're in Asia Mm -hmm. Where is Asia Clayton? East Nowhere near freaking Jerusalem Yeah. They're a dislodged people Away from their home Where their temple was just recently destroyed And they're trying to figure out How to live in a foreign land And have some hope That God will restore That God will bring about life And so a guy named John, who we now call the elder on an island in Patmos, decided um, that he received a vision and he wrote it down and gave it to some people. And yeah, it does use violence and war metaphors, but I think it's more so because that's the message they needed to hear. Not necessarily because it's the one we're supposed to work off of and reproduce.